For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Gonna push tempo here. The Pelicans. Hold that follow through. He posed. That's right. This is what takes you to another level. What the Pell is up, everyone? This is Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans with your host Elliot Clough at Elliot Clough on Twitter, otherwise known as E-L-I-O-T-C-L-O-U-G-H, because, you know, spelling's hard sometimes, especially when your last name is Clough, and it's pronounced that way, and your parents didn't think, hey, maybe we should spell Elliot with two L's and two T's. Yep, one L and one T. Anywho, thanks for tuning in today. Before we get started, make sure you subscribe or follow wherever you're listening to this podcast, and make sure to leave a rate and review on Apple Podcast, if you're listening over there. Super easy to do. Just scroll to the bottom of the podcast page and you'll be, you'll be given the opportunity to voice your opinion. Leave a rate and review at that very bottom of the page. Both of those things, subscribe and following, rating and reviewing, really help us out. So we greatly, greatly appreciate it, Pelicans fans. Now to the basketball at hand. Oh, yeah. Pelicans are 8-0 in exhibition games this season, including, you know, exhibition before the season started. And now, these scrimmage games, 3-0, defeating, well, the Nuggets in this last matchup that we weren't able to address until just now, but also defeating the Bucks last night, 124-103. to Now, the Nuggets game, I'm sure you've heard plenty about it. We'll, we'll go over it here quick. Good God, Drew can guard one through five, shut down Jokic. That was beautiful. The The Joker is clearly much more thin than I think we've ever seen him, probably in pretty good shape, but he could just not do anything against Drew, the 6'3 guard who should be on the first team, or probably, maybe not first team, but at least second team NBA all-defense this year. Absolutely shut down the Joker. Bull Bull is, I guess, not the GOAT now. Just 6-20 from the field really just looked bad against the, the Pelicans Summer League team. Just 10 points against the Orlando Magic last night. 4-7 from the field, so it looked a little bit better. Played about 20 minutes, so um, I'm, I'm not sure we're going to see much of him in the regular games that we're about to start up. Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., and Will Barton did all play in this game last night they did ultimately lose to the magic 114 to 110 but anyway pelicans really just handled them from the get-go that that big lineup did very little against the pelicans who didn't have brandon ingram or josh hart or zion for that matter so 
Pels just looked really good in, in their matchup with the Nuggets. And then, of course, again, last night with the Milwaukee Bucks, 124 to 103, getting that win and moving forward to Thursday where they will be taking on the Jazz. And we'll be talking about that in hopefully tomorrow's podcast or the day after that in order that we can get a good preview. Hopefully with a jazz writer or another jazz podcaster. We're working on that at the moment. I've messaged a few people on Twitter and uh, we'll see what happens. But the game last night against the Bucks, this game looked like it might be out of reach real quick. If you were watching the first five minutes of the game, it was like, oh no, 8-0, no, probably not going to happen. The Bucks shot out to an 11-0 lead. Really, the, the Pels couldn't make a freaking shot. They were getting good looks, but just could not make a damn shot. And if you were watching on Fox Sports New Orleans, you know that the score was not on the screen, and for good reason, it was looking ugly. The Bucks were plugging up the lane real bad for, for the Pelicans. They really just couldn't get a shot off, at least when they did get inside, because the Pelicans were launching threes pretty much from the get-go in this one. How many would you guess the Pelicans put up? Yeah, 47. 47 three-pointers in tonight's matchup. I believe it was 28 in the first half, only made 17, so shot 36% from beyond the arc, 45% from the field, and they still beat the Bucks, who will be contending for an NBA title, 124 to 103. So to reiterate, with the Pels getting down 11-0 to start off this matchup, I mentioned the way that I thought Nah looked the other night, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Not confident, but chucking up shots anyway. This is kind of the way the Pels looked to start off. The night just a little shaky just looking like they weren't necessarily ready to go like they had to really get into the swing of things before they started making shots it's not like they were getting bad looks by any means and it's not like you know nah is kind of noted for putting up bad shots having bad shot selection but these weren't bad shots they were chucking them and not making them but these shots weren't bad they were open shots for the most part they just weren't ma- the the pels just couldn't make basically anything Ultimately, it did pick up. Drew hit a couple shots. He did back down. Oh, I can't remember who it was. Somebody into the lane and and got a left-handed layup. Also made a three prior to that. B.I. started getting to his spots and making shots. There were beginning of possessions where he would just get the ball, and it was very clear he had an agenda. He was going to find somewhere uh, on the uh, offensive side of the ball and, and make a jump shot. That's what that's what Bi was going to do, and nobody on the Bucks was going to be guard or going to be stopping him. Also, to start off the game, uh, Nicolo Melli was guarding Giannis. I don't know who made that decision. I'm, so I'm hoping it wasn't Alvin Gentry, but uh, that was ugly. Giannis was just bullying him, getting to the basket. He made some open shots and. The it eventually switched. I believe Giroux started guarding him, and Josh Hart got in there, started guarding him as well. Josh Hart, that's the matchup I wanted to see. If you listened, I, I made my first appearance on the Bird Calls podcast with Preston Ellis and Kevin Barrias, another former uh, guest, both former guests on our podcast, both the Bird Rights guys. But that's the matchup I wanted to see. I wanted to see Josh Hart guarding Giannis in this one, and I wanted to see how that would shake out for Josh, being the guy, one of the guys who's really known as a defender 
on this squad. No, he's not the big 3-4 guy that the Pels want that we've been talking about so much, but Josh Hart is a guy who can guard the 2, the 3, maybe guard a 1. I don't know if he's quick enough to do that, but he was basically the best option for the Pels tonight in guarding Giannis, and Giannis, Giannis still went off for the Bucks in this one, putting up 30 points in just over 23 minutes, 8 of 15 from the field, 2 of 3 from deep, 12 of 15 from the line. So Giannis really, really bodied the Pels in this one. Luckily, he was basically the only one who did. Chris Middleton putting up 16 points, 4 of 10 from the field, 0 of 4 from 3. Brooke Lopez shooting 2 of 7 from from 3-point land, 4 of 10 from the field, just 10 points. Ersan Ilyasova putting up 12 points. Another guy that I gave a shout-out to on the bird calls. I'm a big fan of uh, Ersan Ilyasova. I love his play off the bench at that 4 position. He's just a journeyman, and he just does really plays really good ball wherever he goes. Big fan of Ersan Ilyasova. Anywho, Pels did go into halftime just down 3 after a beautiful pass from Zoda to Drew, where Drew ultimately got the uh, bucket to go. I think Giannis swatted it away from the rim, so they counted it as a good bucket. But ultimately went down to three points was, was the lead for the Bucks going into halftime. The, the Pels really picked it up, really started making shots um, after the dismal start. It, it really looked ugly. I think Twitter was was looking uh, not too happy. It was, yeah, the Pels look great in these first two matchups against these really just not good-looking teams, and then <laughs> it looked like they were going to fall off the face of the earth against the NBA title-contending Bucks. but that is not what they did. Coming out in the third quarter, the Pels got out to a lead pretty quick. Melly hit a sick, pretty shot. I want to say oh, it was over Melton, or excuse me, Middleton. Looked really good. And that's when the Pels got their first lead. I think it was 54-53. Then the Bucks went on a little bit of a run. And then uh, <laughs> JJ scored 20 points in the third quarter. And that dude could not miss from deep. JJ Redick, known as one of the better shooters in the NBA, but in that third quarter, he went 4 of 4 from deep, went 6 of 6 from the free throw line in this one, ultimately 5 of 10 from the field, scored those 20 points in the third quarter, and man, Pels fans, if JJ gets hot like this in basically any game, I mean, this is against the Bucks, who are a lot of people's picks to win the NBA title. Granted, yes, a scrimmage. Yes, Giannis played 23 minutes. That's not going to happen in these eight games. We saw little blips of what the Pels will look like. We saw little blips on the radar of what the, the Bucks will look like. And this wasn't the epitome of either of these teams. But if JJ gets hot like this, we've seen this before in his NBA career. Not a ton with the Pelicans, but we've seen this before in his NBA career. It's going to be really difficult to stop the Pelicans if JJ gets making shots like this. Because, I mean, you know Brandon Ingram's going to get his. Josh Hart's going to play defense. Derek Favors is going to protect the rim. And with that ability to make, make those shots and spread the floor like that, especially to the three-point line, you know Zion's going to just be bodying people down low. I mean, I, I tweeted this early in the game. The Pels are really settling for shots really really big time settling for shots like there were some like I said some good looks but the Pelicans were just like that eh, three-pointer 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 that's the only way we're gonna win this game oh and another three-pointer and 
Yeah, I mean, there's utility to the three-point shot, obviously. We know that. Steph Curry changed the league for a reason. Three points is worth more than two points, uh, yada, yada, yada. But when you're settling and you're not making shots, it's not zero points. I mean, it's, it's not three points. It's not two points. It's zero points. So Zion would have been really awesome to start off the game to get him the ball down low and then it would make these other defenders collapse and he would dish it to guys on the on the three-point line and Zion will be very very effective in situations like this where the Pels would probably settle for shots in situations like that but they see Zion as an opportunity or a guy to go to that in order that the offense can get clicking and that'll just be beautiful so excited to see Zion back on the court and to pair that with with JJ, like I said, JJ being one of probably I'd say a top fifteen shooter of all time, especially off the screen. I mean, the dude just stops on a dime and puts a shot up. It's nuts. You know, the dude has been working on that his whole life, and it's just freaking awesome to watch. Love watching JJ play basketball. It's beautiful when he gets these shots up and makes them at the clip that he did tonight. Just beautiful, beautiful basketball on behalf of not only J.J. Redick, but the Pelicans in situations like that where you know he's got the hot hand, we're getting him the ball. We're getting him the ball no matter what, and J.J. said that that's what they did tonight, and he really thrived on it. That's the veteran confidence, the the veteran you know, uh, muscle memory on the jump shot. Just beautiful, beautiful stuff. Beautiful stuff. If you caught the Pelicans media availability, if you're missing that, if you haven't seen it, one, you can go back and check it out on the Pelicans website, but you can also check it out. I've set it up on Twitter to where I get a notification every time the Pelicans go live, and generally speaking, that's going to be a media availability. So I'll go ahead and click that. I get notifications. You can watch them live uh, when they're asked questions by guys like Christian Clark, like Ollie, who's been on our podcast, Editor-in-Chief at the Bird Rides. David Grubbs there as well. Will Guillory is around, who's also been on our podcast from The Athletic, asking them questions. Andrew Lopez of ESPN does as well. So they really get some good questions up there, and you get some insight onto what's going on in the background for the Pelicans, what's going on in these games. And J.J. Reddick got asked tonight, and I, I tweeted about it, and it, it got some pretty good tra- traction thanks to our uh, friend Ollie giving it a retweet. That man's the plug. So J.J. was asked, I think it was by Andrew Lopez of ESPN, as to how he felt about Gentry, Coach Gentry saying something to the effect of the Pels picking up where they left off and not wanting to approach the restart as another sort of preseason scenario, something like that. And he said something to the effect of, I, I kind of paraphrased in this quote, but he said, I don't know what Coach Gentry is talking about. We did 10 fucking days of training camp. <laughs> it was just beautiful. Uh, just if, if you haven't listened to JJ's podcast as well, just, just incredible stuff. I would be absolutely shocked if JJ doesn't get a job in the media or doesn't want a job in the media. If anything, doing like color announcing or continuing this podcast and, and joining some sort of platform like Fox sports or ESPN, he would be phenomenal as a guy that, that regularly appears on like the herd would be incredible at something like that but for now he's making shots and he's making a lot of them like I said 20 points in the third quarter tonight and he made 
four threes. Four threes, four for four in that third quarter, just looking really good was the old vet in JJ Redick. Now the fourth, pretty consistent with these other two games that the Pelicans have played in terms of these scrimmages. Pretty out of reach for the other teams once we started that fourth quarter and those summer league guys took over. You know, the Jackson Hayes, the Naw, the Frank Jackson, Kenny Hustle, Sindarius Thornwell, who's not a summer league guy. He was signed to this contract to be a part of the team going into these eight games, and he's played a lot in these fourth quarters. Didn't see any Zylan Cheatham tonight, unfortunately. I love Zylan from what I've seen from him. He's been great at getting boards. Really physical player. I think he... I saw him on the sideline. It looked like he was expecting to play tonight and didn't get the opportunity, which is unfortunate. I'm not going to say that I think Zylan is a guaranteed position to make the roster next year, especially with Didi coming up, especially with the need at that 3-4 defender position with the Pels might go into free agency with that mid-level exception to use. But I, I like seeing Zylan use the minutes that are afforded to him and... and with that two-way contract, I think he'll continue to earn some minutes, maybe in the G League with another team if he's not with the Pelicans anymore, or he'll get signed to a two-way contract with another team because he's really just out there giving it all he's got. He's a smaller version of Kenny Hustle, but like better at basketball. So <laughs> It's been really fun to watch him play, especially in that last game against the Nuggets too. I think he got something like, eight to ten boards in that one so it's been really really fun to watch anywho in this game tonight in that summer league or with those summer league guys jackson hayes really looked good 17 points five of seven from the field had some alley oops that were pretty freaking sick showing off his athleticism in this one and then looking at some stats for the other guys not just three of nine from the field oh of three from three eight points kenny hustle zero points zero of two from the field Shocker. Sindarius Thornwell just putting up three points, but had a pretty dope pass. He was trying to throw it off the feet of Robin Lopez tonight, just in a situation where the ball's about to go out of bounds and you just you know hope for the best and wing it at somebody's feet. He basically nutmegged uh, Robin Lopez and got a score to, I want to say it was Jackson Hayes. Got a dunk in that situation. And we'll, we'll get to Sindarius Thornwell in a bit, but yeah, this... This summer league squad is just looking really good. <laughs> and we've heard this before, obviously, from Joel Myers, but he and AD talked about it a little bit tonight, how Joel refers to them as the, quote, baby birds. Love that. They just gel so well together. They look so comfortable, these summer league guys, who I'm talking about, the baby birds. And they pass the ball really, really well. They just look comfortable. They look like they're friends. They look like they're having fun out there. And they just, when all those guys play together... It's basically perpetually that situation where everybody's having fun, you're getting buckets, and for those of you who play basketball, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's just smooth basketball. You're scoring, ball's moving, you don't care who gets those points. You're just working to score, and you're doing it, you're doing it at an efficient rate, and you're having fun, and that's what it is with this, these guys. That's what it is with these young summer league guys it's not necessarily the prettiest thing in the world it's not necessarily guys that are going to win a bunch of regular nba season games but it's just fun to watch it's really fun to watch and 
so I said Sundarius Thornwell there, right there. He might just earn a roster spot going into this next year. If you can get him for the vet minimum, I'd rather have, I'm not kidding when I say this, I'd rather have Sundarius Thornwell than Kenny Hustle. From what I've seen from Sundarius and the ability to defend the perimeter and make those hustle plays, but also be able to make shots. He scored 12 points against the Nuggets. I think he went three of four from deep. So he's not, at least what we've seen from him so far with the Pelicans, is he's not just a good defender. He's making shots. He's out there and he's not being selfish. No, he hasn't scored a bunch of points, you know, collectively. Like I said, the 12 against the Nuggets, not much against the Nets. I think it was three against the Nets and then three again tonight or last night against the Bucks. So, I mean, it's not like he's going to be a star in the league. He doesn't have to be a star. Just has to fill a role. And if he can be at the end of the bench and fill minutes at a better rate than Kenny Hustle, we should probably sign him instead of Kenrich Williams. And I'd be A-OK with that. Cinderia Thornwell might have been the best option for them to sign going into this remainder of the regular season. Maybe not the best but he's certainly making use of the minutes that he's getting. I don't think he's going to play a lot in these eight games. The The consensus from Pelicans fans when we talked about this after the initial signing of Sindarius was he'd probably play zero to five minutes. And I would be, I would venture to guess that it's probably going to be something close to that. That would be what I'm going to guess is going to happen. So I'm not getting my hopes up. I'm not saying Sundarius is going to be an all-star. I'm not saying he's going to be a starter for the Pelicans or anything like that. But I think he's going to be a guy that the Pels should bring back this coming year. I like him. I like him. And the other thing that we can really take away from tonight's victory is that we have been saying it here on this podcast with guests, with just myself, but the Pelicans have a real shot at the eight seed. Yes, they blew out the the Nets. Yes, they blew out the Nuggets. And yes, these are scrimmage games, but they just beat the shit out of the Bucks. They just beat the shit out of them. Giannis had 30 points. And the Pelicans won by 21. I'm going to I'm going to say it one more time. Yes, this is this this was a scrimmage. Absolutely. Give that to you. If you're a Bucks fan, I'm I'm handing that to you right now. It's true. I think the outcome probably would have been different if it was a regular, I mean, in all likelihood, it would have been different if it was just a regular game, especially in these this eight-game situation that we're about to go into. But the Pels won. I mean, and they looked pretty good. And JJ had 20 points in the third quarter. We spent a lot of time being negative on the Bird Calls podcast, if you listened to it yesterday. But this is something that's really positive. They beat the team that's probably favored to win the NBA title if it's not the Lakers or the Clippers. And the thing is, too, the Grizzlies haven't looked great. Jaron Jackson and Jaw are excellent players. If you watch that game against the Rockets, they, they had it for free. You didn't have to have NBA League Pass or anything like that. Um, so I watched it the other day, and I have League Pass, but I only have it to watch the Pelicans. So Jaron Jackson Jr. and, and Jaw are just, they're just really good. We like to bang on the Grizzlies here, <laughs> mostly because of the fans. But 
Ja and Jaron Jackson Jr. are really freaking good. They are good. Jaron Jackson's a great defender. Jaw is just an energy plug for that team, even as a starter. Usually you like those guys off the bench. But overall, collectively, Kyle Anderson's shooting really well, too. I got to give him that. I love Brandon Clark off the bench. But collectively, the Grizz overall haven't looked that great. Their record isn't really indicative of how good the team is. It's how indicative of the schedule was probably it was pretty easy. And these eight games upcoming, not going to be easy for the Grizz. The eight games upcoming for the Pelicans, two of them are probably going to be pretty difficult. Six, not so much. This And that includes the Grizzlies. The matchup between the Grizz and the Pelicans... Pelicans, I think, are just going to thrash them again. There's no reason to believe they're not going to. I mean, the way they, they're playing in these scrimmages and the way they played against them in the regular season, the Pelicans are going to lock up the eighth seed. And if they don't, it'll be because of the Trailblazers, not because of the Grizzlies. I don't want to say I'm set in stone, but I'm pretty damn close. I'm like 80% set in stone that the Pelicans are going to get the 8th seed. I don't want to say it full bore because I think that'd be bias. That'd be showing my bias, I should say. But I have a lot of confidence in the Pelicans going forward, especially with Zion coming back. Especially with their schedule. Especially with JJ just going off tonight. Pelicans are scary. Pelicans are real. Real. <laughs> Real scary. There's one more topic that I want to hit on before we close out today's podcast because we did talk about it on this last one about about the Clippers and their contention to win the title because of Lou Williams stopping at that strip club in Atlanta when he was gone for personal reasons. Okay. All right. So if you haven't heard, Jack Harlow, rapper, who posted the Instagram story of him with Lou Williams at the strip club said that he wasn't there. He just happened to miss his friend Lou. So he wasn't snitching. So so (laughs) good for you, Jack, but Lou already admitted to it. He told the NBA he's going to have to do a 10 day quarantine now, not the typical four. I don't know if it's because he was at a strip club. I don't know if I don't, I don't know. I, I, maybe it was more of a specific situation as opposed to the other people where he was around more people than guys like Pat Bev, like like Zion. But it's still stupid. Still stupid. And what are the clips going to be missing? Not only will they miss 10 days of chemistry building with Lou Williams, who is a vet. I don't think that's as big of a thing these guys are professionals, you know. It's not like they've never played together before. But in a situation like this, where it's really smashed together, the, the season is, the remainder of the season is, it's important. Ten days is a lot. Ten days is a lot to be sitting in your room, not playing basketball. So what they're going to be missing against the Lakers and, and the Pelicans, this is huge. They won't have Lou against the Pelicans off the bench. So, exactly, scoring off the bench against both of these teams. Sure, the dude doesn't really play defense, 
but he is a scorer, and there's a reason he's the sixth man of the year every damn year because he gets buckets off the bench. If the offense is stalling, if they can't get going through Kawhi or Paul George, which I'm not going to say happens frequently, but Lou makes shots night in and night out. And we haven't heard much about Pat Beverly and Montrez Harrell as to when they'll be back. I'm assuming they're going to be back soon. I'm assuming they're going to be back for the matchup with the Pelicans, that, that second game for both of these teams. I haven't heard anything, at least. And we'll have probably Garrett Corpening or Sabrina Merchant back on to, to preview that game. I'm excited for that, to have them back on. They did some awesome stuff with us in talking about what Cindarius Thornwell could be for the Pels. But I'm going to reiterate here, it was really stupid. I think Lou Williams is, hes I mean, he's smarter than that. It was just really dumb. He should, and he's been doing a great job on Twitter. I mean, he admitted it to it. He just wants to move forward. I like that. I like that. I like that a lot. That's not a, oh, no, I didn't do it. That's not a, no, I, I shouldn't be blamed for this or, or playing victim or anything like that. He just said, yeah, I did it. Let's just move forward. Enjoy the memes. <laughs> Which that is a gold that is a gold quote via Twitter from from Mr. Williams. But I'm gonna reiterate this. Pels and other teams, there's no way in hell they can discount the clips. They'll they still have Kawhi, they still have Paul George, they still have Avika Zubots, Landry Shamit, Marcus Morris, Patrick Patterson. Clips are still clips are still good. And if they get Pat Bev and Montrez Harrell back, all the more all the more power to them because Clippers are going to be good from top to bottom. Trust Doc Rivers. I think if they really rally together and be like, look, and Lou says to the team, look, I messed up. We get Trez and we get Pat Bev back, two pivotal guys for their success. Let's get rolling. I think the Clippers are going to be fine. I think the Clippers are going to be fine. Obviously, this is a bump in the road. But again, you know, last podcast, I said the Lakers could take advantage. I don't know. I <laughs> I, th- I think the Clippers are going to be fine. There is the po- the potential for, for LeBron and the Lakers to really, really hammer them. But I think the Clippers are going to be fine. Do I think this hurts their title contentions? A little bit. A little bit. 5 to 10%. Nothing crazy. But enough that could impact that LeBron, you know, like I said, this is a scrape. And he can expose that scrape. You you don't bleed. You don't, you don't show weakness against the king. You don't. That is a bad idea. So, we'll see if that comes of anything. We'll see if his absence really affects the Clippers in their matchup with the Lakers and the Pelicans at the beginning of this eight-game stretch. Speaking of the beginning of the eight-game stretch, the Pelicans are scheduled to play the Jazz this upcoming Thursday, and we will be having a Jazz writer and or podcaster on to preview the Pels' first actual game. Hopefully, hopefully the podcast will be up either tomorrow or on Thursday. We will hammer it, hammer it, hammer it on Twitter to make sure you get to listen to it before the game on Thursday, if that's how it works out. But we're hoping to have a jazz podcaster or writer on tomorrow. Been been difficult to get some of these guys to, to schedule, but we're working on it. One way or another, we'll be getting you that content. So stick around, Pels fans. We'll be getting that preview to you one way or another. Before you go, go follow at E-L-I-O-T-C-L-O-U-G-H on Twitter. You're going to be getting a ton of Pelicans content over there. And if you have any questions, concerns, thoughts, find this tweet on the Twitter, respond to it. And questions, concerns, thoughts in reference to the podcast, in reference to this specific podcast, 
Also, while you're here, subscribe, leave a rate and review. Do it! If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and if you are listening on any other platform, just make sure you follow or subscribe. And if you get the option to review it, go ahead and do that as well. Do it! Go follow Believe on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and you can check out a plethora of their other podcasts on Believe.com or just head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play. You can check out some more Pelicans coverage on SB Nation's The Bird Rights, and that will include former guests like Preston Ellis, Ollie Cosell, Chris Connor, Kevin Barrios, and David Grubb. Don't forget, give that follow to Elliot Clough on Twitter and leave that rate and review on Apple Podcasts if that happens to be where you listen. Thanks for tuning in, folks. We'll see you next time. This was Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.